0: Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers. I'll be continuing my series of my verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation. And today, again, we find ourselves in Revelation chapter 17. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I'll read these verses. I just always like to read the verses first. So that uh, it gives us a context and it sets the standard by which we are going to be looking. So, Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through, I think I'll read uh, just—I'll well, a few verses. Uh, the Word of God reads, beginning in Revelation 17, verse 1, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I shall show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters and with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, and those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality. And upon her forehead a name was written, The Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered greatly. Yeah, we've been looking at chapter 17. We gave just a brief overview last week of, of chapter 17. I think I entitled it, Coming of One World Religion. And that is a little deceptive in the sense, or a little confusing, I should say. Not deceptive, but a little confusing. Because as we look at chapter 17 and 18, we, we, we must realize that really chapter 16 pretty much ends the chronology. After chapter 16 begins chapter 19, really, as far as you want to read the chronology, uh, chronologically speaking, of the the timeline. Because after chapter 16 is complete, you see the giant hailstones, uh, I think 100 pounds each, come down from heaven and upon men, and the men blaspheme God. And I think then uh, Christ returns sometime within that short period of time. But yet we still have chapter 17 and 18 to go. And so I told you last week, chapter 17 and 18 is looking at uh, the the tribulation again of the, the world empire of Satan, uh, the Antichrist, and the false prophet from a political standpoint and from a religious or spiritual standpoint. And so chapter 17 describes the spiritual. And so we uh, look at this and we begin giving you just a general summary last week uh, of this and naming it, but today I'm I'm, I'm going to title this "Exposing the Harlot Religion." I think since I was first saved and and, st- and I actually began studying uh, prophecy almost immediately. But uh, I think one of the two questions that uh, have always been uh, posed as anyone looks at Revelation, and I know that I have heard others say this, that they get these questions. Number one is the great whore of Babylon, the Catholic Church, uh, and that is a, a very good—that's a very good question and uh, one that I, I'm going to try to answer as best I can. And the other is: Is the United States mentioned in prophecy specifically? Is it relating to the, the Babylon being destroyed in chapter 18? Well, we're not in chapter 18, so I can't handle that one, but I can handle exposing the harlot religion. And I think you're going to see some things that uh, should be very interesting. I hope you'll stay with me, because this is a very difficult chapter to explain. And so as we get into this, I, I think it's, it's interesting to note that one of the most fascinating, and one of the most important developments of the end will be the one world religion, and certainly seems to me to be an agenda in our current world religious culture that we seem to be moving uh, towards this, uh, but it, we're going to see how that develops as we, as we get into this. And the book of Revelation indicates to us here in the 17th chapter that there will be a one world religion in existence dominating the whole kingdom of Satan, which will be run by the Antichrist at the end, and, of course, enhanced by the false prophet. That kingdom, that religion, will be destroyed by Christ when he returns in chapter 19 of of Revelation. So here we're going to see, in chapter 16, we saw the destruction of the seven bowls, and uh, we saw how it's going to transpire from heaven to earth, and now we're going to see what happens in that destruction And so we'll be able to explain that a little better as we go along. But we said from the beginning, you need to define some terms if we're going to understand this chapter. Terms like, who's the great harlot? What are the many waters? The kings of the earth, who are these? This woman sitting on a scarlet beast? In verse 4, who is that, uh, that that John sees after being carried away into a wilderness place? Uh, Who's the beast, and why is she adorned with purple, scarlet, gold, and precious stone? And Is there any relevance at all to having the gold cup in her hand? There's a lot of questions. I'm going to try to identify all of these fours because it helps us so much to see this. So if you have a pencil and piece of paper, write some of these things down, and I will give them to you as best I can. And uh, you might have to, as one person said, they listened to last week, I think four times before they... uh, Uh, Before they begin to understand and Last week was just a summary. So this week we're going to take these verses and we're going to uh, see what happens as we get into them. But as I told you that uh, last week the false religion and all idolatry is characterized in scripture as harlotry, as prostitution, being intimate with other than the true God. It's a kind of spiritual fornication or spiritual adultery, and the system in, in in Babylon gave birth to all of it. Babylon originally was the mother of all harlot religions, all false religions, and I think additionally it, it it is called not just the mother of harlots but the mother of abominations of the earth. And we'll look at that as we get into verses four and five. She is the source of every. A blasphemous, abominable, religious system on the face of the earth. And that brings me to this point. I had someone ask me, well, when you're looking at chapter 17, how do you know that it is the religious system? Uh, because it doesn't actually say that in the chapter. Well, it it does if you if you understand a lot of the other Bible, parts of the Bible and, and the phraseology used and the metaphors used. Throughout the Old Testament that is brought into light here, but if you're just taking the Book of Revelations and you have no no knowledge of the of, of previous books in the Old Testament or in, even in the New Testament, then you probably will be most confused. But I'm going to try to help us with that as we look at this. Uh, that the, the name is uh, the Mother of All uh, Harlots, uh, because that is very important. That we understand that. So this will be the world religion of the last days. Now remember now, it's called a mystery. And uh, that indicates to us that it is a mystery. It has not been revealed as of even yet. Now we have some indicators and things to look at that help us understand. But the the best thing in understanding this mystery is that it's not going to be exposed really until the time comes to expose it. And we we know a pretty good bit about it right now. But the thing I have to remember always is that uh, we're reading the Word of God. And when, the Word, uh, when we read the Bible, I, I always believe this, that when the Bible speaks, it's God speaking. So, with that in mind, we're looking at what God is saying to us. God has chosen to give us this information for some reason. And that reason is, that, according to Revelation chapter 1, to be blessed. And to have an understanding of what's coming, coming upon this world. And to warn people and to refer to this as often as we can. So... The system will fall in the final form will be the spiritual side of Satan's world empire and the material side will be the economic system in 18. The leader of the spiritual side is the false prophet. The leader of the material or the political side is the Antichrist. The spiritual side is the twin of the material side or the political economic kingdom. Both will be destroyed when Christ comes. And I think what this angel is doing is showing John this and giving, which is, Good for for us, it's good, I, mean, John, I don't know what John thought about seeing it, but man, I, I am, I'm grateful that we have this book, that we can study this and see what's coming. But both will be destroyed when Christ returns, so our apparent increasing irreligious culture that we think we're in is going to not be religious, uh, not, it's not going to be true at all in the end. In the end, it's going to be very religious. It's becoming less and less Christian, but it's becoming more and more religious and more pagan in its belief. And I believe churches in America are going to fall right in line with that. There will be very few exceptions to this, but the one big factor that we need to remember during all of this one world religion and how it's going to evolve into this and how it's going to help bring the world together politically, that the rapture has happened. The church has been taken out. And so we're going to take a look at that in just a, a few minutes. But uh, that is very important to understand. So your true Christian uh, expositors uh, of this day will be, will be lifted out with the true Christians of the day. That's not doesn't necessarily mean and not, most likely doesn't mean that if you go to church, you're a Christian and you're going to be raptured. That's not true. I think there are millions of people who think they're Christians that are not believers and that will be left here behind. But that's another, that's another sermon. So I want to look at uh, this as we get started. And uh, I think we can see some things uh, if we move through this. I don't know how long this will take, but I'm going to try to get through it. Look at verse 1 of Revelation 17. The destruction of this final world religion is the theme of this chapter. Now, it's not going to seem like the theme, but it really is the theme. And I'm going to give you three points uh, 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 throughout all of this. And those points are are throughout the whole chapter. And we're not going to look at all those tonight. But this chapter tonight actually has five points. Now, don't let that confuse you. I'm going to give them to you real easy. The first is her authority. Whose authority? Well, we want to look at that in just a second. The exposure of this religion and the explanation of it is what we're looking at. Verse 1, One of the seven angels had seven bowls, came and spoke to me, saying, Come here, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Now, who is this great harlot? You can't get very far into this if you don't understand who the great harlot is. So look to see if we can figure this out. Well, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and told this to me. Now, this connects this judgment here in 17 with the last seven plagues of chapter 16. How? Because it's the judgment, look at what it says, The seven, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me. So it's one of those who had the bowl judgments came, and he's initiating this. So remember, there were seven angels that poured out seven bowls described in chapter 16, and one of those angels comes and tells him about this great harlot religion. This connects us, as I said, uh, the judgment with the last seven plagues being poured out is not an additional event In other words, chapter seventeen and eighteen are not additional things going on. This is the result. I've told you about the destruction. Is pretty much what the angels saying is. I've told you about the destruction with the bowls. Now let me tell you what is going. What's going to be actually destroyed, and we can see this. Man, this is so good. So it has to go back in summary view to look at Revelation uh, chapter. uh, I I would say chapter six through uh, sixteen in order to understand what's happened here and what's gotten, what's going to be destroyed. It is a religious system, chapter 17. It's an economic system in 18. Uh, He is no longer describing the judgments as in the seals and trumpets and bowls. He's describing what is happening and what's being destroyed. So here you have in these two chapters the most comprehensive description of this final system of Satan in the book of Revelation that we've ever seen. The bold judgments are going to be the last judgments, chapter 16, ends them, uh, and and then we pick up the uh, chronological order again in chapter 19. So chapter 16 uh, is finished, chapter 19 begins uh, another look. So in the meantime, we've got this parenthetical section, uh, chapter 17 and 18. So, now I want you to notice something as we jump into this. Look at how verse 1 says, And one of the seven angels who had seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Now, he says, Come and I will show you a harlot. You see that? I will show you, come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. doesn't tell us who it is, but we can see a contrast. I want you to notice the contrast that's here is just a general observation before we jump into the meanings here. Now, this is found in, in 17, chapter 17, verse 1. It talks about the angel speaking, and it's, I want to show you the great harlot who sits on many waters, which we've described as a false religion. All of them combined. Now, in chapter 21, if you'll turn over there if you have a chance, or you can just listen, chapter 21, verse 9 Listen to what it says. It says, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come, and I will show you. Remember, in in chapter 17, it says, I will show you the harlot who sits on many waters. But here, in chapter 21, verse 9, it says, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Quite the contrast. Come, and I will show you, not a harlot but the bride of the wife of the lamb. There it is, the bride, the wife of the lamb. In other words, the true church. In chapter 17, it is the false church. The true church, cleansed from every stain, from any defilement, by by the shed blood of the lamb. The bridegroom of the Lord, pure, holy, uh, virtuous, magnificent, glorious, I can't even think of enough words, glorious forever. But here in chapter 17, it is the harlot, mother of all harlotries and abomination and the filthiness of idolatry. Now, before it's like the angel was saying, before I show you the bride a little later in chapter 21, I have to show you the harlot. I'm going to show you uh, the, 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 and describe for you and expose the great harlot. The theme in the chapter is judgment. It takes us a while to get to it, but that's the theme. When the judgment falls, the way heaven rejoices in chapter 19, you will understand this. That's what we see in chapter 19, is heaven rejoicing over this judgment. So as I told you, the great harlot... Now listen to this. You think, well, how does the why does the Lord describe it like this? Well, let me try to explain some of this. The great harlot is really a metaphor. It's a metaphor for spiritual false religion spiritual defection, idolatry, religious apostasy. And we, we know all that, basically. Uh, in prophetic language, prostitution, fornication, idolatry equals idolatry or apostasy. That may sound confusing, but I'll try to try to use better words if I can get, get to them. We've noted that last time in the Old Testament, several cities were called harlot cities because of their population and was involved in idol worship. And we saw some of those, just named them, like Nahum chapter 3, Isaiah 121, and and we've seen some of these things. But when we we look at harlot cities, or we look at this metaphor, it it becomes very interesting that uh, it's exposing really the, the false religion that we described in great detail last week, all of them pointing back to the Tower of Babel. All of the false religions of the world of all time, come together at the end. And so what we're doing now in this particular message is I'm going to expose the harlot even more. So that's the title of the message today, Exposing the Harlot Religion. So the harlot is now being exposed with the angels showing John. So first of all, I want you to notice in the exposing, number one is her authority. And he gives us that. It says, the harlot who sits on many waters... <clears throat> sitting is a mark of distinction. As I uh, remind you, sitting is what kings did. They sat on their throne. It was a position of sovereignty. It was a position of authority. So the first thing he's describing for us is this harlot has authority. By the way, uh, many there's much material out there from Egypt and the Near East and in past cultures and years uh, the Greek world affirms the fact that sitting was to always be seen as a distinctive posture of deity, meaning their false their God's deity. Of deity, it symbolizes rule, it symbolizes sovereignty, taking one's place on the throne. Now, notice what it says, sitting on many waters. And this metaphor it actually is continuing because it's not telling us what these are yet. Uh, sitting on many waters, the cities were located and seated by water. And we know that's true. And we can see that all the way back in early Genesis uh, with Lot and Abraham. Uh, the metaphor continues, and he's telling us that it's seated on many water. In ancient times, water supply was everything. And no, no city of any significance at all would be put anywhere where there was no water. So great cities were built by waters. Either a sea, rivers, lakes, springs. Babylon of, of old was built by the banks of the Euphrates River. In fact, that's even where it's, where it's being uh, rebuilt today. In fact, we see this. Uh, we see it in, in Jeremiah uh, 51 refers to this. And so Babylon was built by many waters taking its seat there. So this great harlot is depicted in the imagery as seated by many waters. Well, what does that mean? Well, the verse 15 uh, in this chapter tells us. Look at what it says down if you skip. It. Of course, we're going to have to do this because this is what it does. It says, and he said to me, the waters which you saw where the, where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, and nations, and tongues. You see that? I mean, if you're looking there or you can just hear it. And so he, he, he's going to identify this later, but the waters you saw are being described. And so it was ancient times when a city was built By a great waterfall, what did they bring? It brought trade into the city. It brought people from everywhere. It meant peoples and nations and tribes and tongues that would be to that place. So Babylon here has a seat of authority. And the great harlot is sovereign. The great harlot sits. is depicting all of this. It's in a position of commanding all kinds of people, all kinds of multitudes, all kinds of nations and tongues. And that, again, is the fourfold description of the unregenerate world in the future. The authority of Babylon is immense. Now, remember now, Babylon is the city, because I want to show you this in Revelation 17. Look at the last verse, at verse 18. The woman whom you saw is the great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth. That's just another aspect. But it's you can tell by reading all of this, and we've said this last week, it's much more than a city. It's, it's much, much more than a city. And we'll take even a look at more of that. The world religion will sit in the commanding position over all the peoples of the world, and yes, that will be the capital of Satan's kingdom, will be the, re- the rebuilt Babylon, and it will be the Babylonian system of religion that will be reigning there. So number two, number one is her authority. Number two is her alliances. And with her alliances, we see it here. Uh, Look at what it says. Uh, As we move, we'll go back to the beginning of chapter 17. It says, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. So we see her alliances. It's with kings of the earth. Uh, Those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with their immorality and carried me away. So that's just giving you the rest of the verse. But these two verses uh, introduce to us the alliances. First, it's the kings. And this harlot religion is associated with the kings of the earth. Now that is all kings. That's all the earth. This is not just the Middle East. In this vision, John sees the harlot is engaged in committing acts of immorality with the kings of the whole earth. The scope of this influence is immense. The harlot becomes ally of the whole world on the highest level of leadership. The kings, the sovereigns, the presidents, or the emperors, or the dictators, or the premiers, or the prime ministers. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm probably leaving some descriptive names out but everybody comes to Mother Babylon and their intercourse is described as fornication or pornea Uh, now the symbolism of spiritual adultery is not used because adultery is used to define and I want to bring this out because it's so important Uh, spiritual adultery is used to define sexual sins on the part of someone who is married well it's always in reference to Israel because Israel is, uh, is, it's different. It's not the heathen nations, and these heathen nations do not have ever. They have never known God. They are not His. They are not belong to Him. Uh, so they never were part of His bride or His wife, as the Old Testament refers. And so what they did is not, in the technical sense, adultery. It's called fornication. But pagan nations is referred to as fornication. It is still idolatry, but it is clearly indicated here as fornication, and the term is always used of people who worship other deities. That's what we're looking at here. People who may not name the name of the true God, but prostitute themselves to other deities. <clears throat> in other words, they're willing <clears throat> excuse me, they're willing to look to other gods and not the true God. You can see that clearly in Ezekiel chapter 16 and Ezekiel chapter 23. And I don't want to take the time to go there. But so John sees these kings all over the world committing fornication with the harlot. This is uh, becoming absorbed in the religious power, deceived by the fake prophet, the demon seducers, Satan, the Antichrist. All the leaders of the world come together prostituting themselves for one solitary religion. They go to bed with the same harlot, end up with her infectious disease, and are killed. I think that's probably one of the easiest ways I can say it. And <clears throat> we've proven... That it can't come together, I don't think the world can come together on political basis only. We can even see today, man. There, nations are uh, mad at one another. <coughs> so much is forming right now, and I know this is not the end time government we're seeing, but it will be one soon. The United Nations, for example... Uh, can anything cause the United Nations and the rest of the nations of the world to get together. It can never come together, and I don't think it ever will come together until we see the tribulation start, and it's going to come together uh, with the same power that rules the false system religion in the world. So when this day comes to pull it together, it's going to come together, and it's going to be religion that's going to help do it. Now, it also says the alliances are not just kings, but it also says earth dwells. Look at what it says. And with the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality? And then it says those who dwell on the earth. This is just a, a reference now to all those who dwell on the earth. And it is a reference to, always a reference to unbelievers. They're called earth dwellers and they're unbelievers. These same folks described in verse 15 or the peoples, the multitudes. They all fall in. They're all victimized by this. Back in chapter 13, we saw this. Uh, when the religion of the Antichrist was being introduced, they were... Of worshiping the dragon, who is Satan, and they were worshiping the beast, it says in verse 8, chapter eight, 13, verse 8, is key. All who dwell on the earth will worship the beast. Clear, isn't it? All of them fall into it. And we know that it, it even explains that. In other words, all of those who, of people who dwell on the earth will worship the beast, except one group of people. <clears throat> and that one group of people are the people who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They will not be a part of this. So, we look at this and it says here that they are uh, made drunk with the wine her immorality. Now, he's not talking about real wine. He's not talking about real sexual immorality. He's talking about becoming a part of a false form of religion. They all will get drunk with it. They're all intoxicated with the passion of this religion Totally, passionately, intensely involved, giving their hearts to this abominable uh, Babylonianism kind of religion. Satan orchestrates the whole thing, and it's all being brought together at the end. Now, verse 3 is all part of the alliances. I want you to notice something. He carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, having blasphemous names, having seven seven horns and ten heads. Excuse me for having to clear my throat. Yet there's another component in the alliances, and that's in verse 3. He carried me away. That carried me away is a, is an interesting phrase. It's basically, it's in a vision. He's taking him away to a wasteland, is what the wilderness translates, or a lonely place. In this wasteland place where he took him is by means of a vision, the Holy Spirit has removed him from the conversation with the angel, taking him into the wilderness place, and he said, I saw a woman. Guess who that that woman is? Well, this has been a question that people have asked. It is the harlot Babylon, and there's a, uh, a, uh, a thing being added to the vision. He's already seen. I saw her sitting on a scarlet beast. Well, we know who the beast is, don't we? If we were to go back to Revelation chapter 13... We would see that. The chapter begins that way. It is the Antichrist. She is sitting on the beast who is the Antichrist. So, what is the significance of that? Well, some say it might mean the beast is supporting her, and that's true. He is. Uh, Some say it means that she was in charge because the rider is in charge of whatever he or she rides. Perhaps that's true, and I know it is. Uh, So the beast supports her and is first controlled by her. This is very interesting. This is why we have to say it goes back before even Revelation 13. All the way to, I think, to Revelation chapter 6 and the first seal that goes out is a look at the Antichrist. In other words, it's the religious system that really captures the world. It is the religious system that pulls the whole world together. It is initially the religious system that is in control of these last days, religious power and the controlling power. In the end, the world will turn to religion because economics and military might and politics are crumbling all around them, and at such a rapid rate. I think that's what we're going to see. I think, and I don't know how else to put it. When all the powers really we can see of heaven and earth are shaking, the religious system begins to take shape. And while the beast certainly supports the religious system, I think we're going to begin seeing it is the religious system that is the controlling influence. In other words, they're going to coexist for together for a while. The Antichrist and religion together. Uh, Religion is going to coexist because the Antichrist is going to have many concessions, not just to Israel, but to the rest of the world as well. Only for a while, because in verse 16 it says, if we were to take this down, but I will just show you a jump ahead. Chapter 17, verse 16 says, Eventually the beast will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked eat her flesh and burn her up with fire. Well, do you know what's going to happen in the end? The beast is going to rise up and devour the religious system and absorb it into one. That, I think, is the abomination of desolation that is spoken of by Daniel the prophet. It's spoken of by Matthew chapter 24. And I believe that's exactly what it is. I believe that when the worship of the world turns towards the Antichrist, he becomes the one the whole world will worship. And we see that in Revelation chapter 13. This is just a general look at this. So we find that back in chapter 13 when the false prophet uh, who, who heads up the world religion Demands that the whole world worship the antichrist. Remember, we looked at that. He is the god of the new religion. He falsifies the resurrection, and we see that. But more important than that, even, and that's all going to be important. But but you look at uh, another passage of scripture that is, I think, equally important, and that is in Second Thessalonians chapter two. We we can see some things there. Uh, I'm trying to get to it. Sometimes my, these pages are so thin in my, my, my Bible second Thessalonians chapter 2 it says the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so God every so-called God or object of worship he's going to take his seat in the temple displaying himself as being what God. And so the world is going to hear him and see him displaying himself in God, with God. And in that way, the beast swallows up and devours the coexisting religious system. And so you have the one system which involves the material side and the worship of the Antichrist in one great Babylonian ish system. So, <clears throat> who is this? I mean, think about what this is actually saying. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to it, but. Uh, But look at what the, back to Revelation chapter 17, you look at the, He carried me away in the wilderness. I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beast, uh, blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. Well, we need to get into what all this is. A scarlet beast is the color of splendor, the color of royalty. Isaiah would call scarlet as the color of sin. But the religion calls it the color of royalty and and, uh, splendor. Some would say it's the color of blood. We would conclude, I think, that by by looking at all this, uh, a luxurious, splendor, royal, sinful uh, beast. And what it says further about the beast is it was full of blasphemous names. Why? Because the world is now identifying the Antichrist, who's now taken over all the religion of the world with the help of the false prophet, as God, They're identifying him as God. And he, back in chapter 13, verse 1, on his horns and ten diadems and on his head were blasphemous names. It says, on his head were blasphemous names. It says it. Here it says, full of blasphemous names. They were all over him everywhere. Meaning there's a self, I think, a deification. He's identifying himself as God. Identifying himself as God by every name that I think God would use. Like creator or almighty or sovereign, uh, all of these things. Who knows what the blasphemous names are? I don't even care to know them. But he'll take every name that belongs to God, and he's going to wear it proudly and demand the world worship. I'm going to stop right there. I've got to. I didn't get too far, but I didn't. I did make some some headway. So for now, this is William Rogers giving you a, a look at the uh, exposing of the harlot religion, and we'll take a look at it some more. And uh, please hang with me. Uh, This is a very difficult section. And I thank you again for joining me.